Hello folks and welcome back to the What Are You All About podcast. Today we had Jordan Varela. Um, he he plays everything in his Wii project in Concord. He plays drums in a non-Christian death metal band which we get into later called Lust of Decay. And yeah, it was a really fun conversation. We talked a lot about drums and death metal and we also got into his testimony and stuff. So that, oh, I think the first half is a lot to do with his testimony and Christian stuff or maybe not the entire first half, but most of that stuff is in there. And then the rest of it is talking a lot about music and how God's related to that too, but also just metal, because we're both big metalheads. So, yeah, hope you guys enjoy it, and let's get right into okay. it. Right. Hello, folks. I'm Elijah, and today we've got Jordan, who is the drummer for Lust of Decay, and you do everything for N Concord. Yes, sir. What's happening? Not much, buddy. How you doing? All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. So, <laughs> with this podcast, um, what it's all about is that we talk about kind of what people are about and the story behind that. So things like their faith, their music that they're really into, and stuff like that. So, sure. If you were to say what you're all about, how would you describe that? Oh man, it would take a decade. It took a decade to talk about that. I'm yeah. 42, man. So I got 42 years of failure, 42 years of pass. But no, I, um, you know, man, I'll be honest with you. I am a very, um, if I can kind of concise it, I am a very extroverted. The guys in the metal scene know me as a very extroverted, very aggressive individual. Um, as you could tell in my drumming and Lost to Decay, I've actually done, after this year, will be over, I think, 19 albums. So I've done a lot. Um, yeah. Domination through Impurity. Had two albums. Lost the Decay. We're working on our fourth. Um, Shurikens on our third album. Um, I did a Lividity album. I mean, when I was younger, Symphony and Acrimony, which was my start into the Christian foray, which if you've never heard that, check that out when you get a chance. Symphony okay. and Acrimony. You'll see what In Conquered kind of came from. Yeah. Um, actually, a lot of the riffs from the first In Conquered came after the the symphony and acrimony i was writing it the actual album was recorded but it never came to the light of day yeah and for a good reason and that wind up actually being a lot of material that i recycled and redid and ad-libbed and did new things and it became the first in concrete album okay so years of music years of drumming um i've always had a passion for guitar I've always played by ear. So I just, when I was young and by junior high, I picked up a guitar and started jamming and I just, it just came to me. Same thing with bass. Um, I could do keyboards enough to be dangerous just to hold notes. And then vocals, I've always loved death metal vocals. Yeah. So I'm kind of a Swiss army knife. I'm not great <laughs> at any of them, but I can do okay in all of that, you know? Yeah. With what I've seen of your drumming, you're very, you've at least got a lot of endurance with that. Thank you. I try. That's, that's been, um, I'm sure we'll get into some of your details. I'm not going to, I'll let you run the podcast instead of me, <laughs> but, uh, I, I can, I can overwhelm people sometimes, but no endurance man in drumming is kind of funny. Um, I've always loved like, you know, Niles V Elstrom and, yeah. uh, 
you know, Mike Hamilton from Deeds of Flesh, uh, Artu Malki, who was on the first Deface Creation, first Ayana, obviously okay. the satanic bands, but uh, Steve Ashan from Deicide, obviously all anti-Christian bands, but I've always seen how amazing they are at drums and just mm-hmm. their level of endurance, you know? So over the last two years, I've really been focused on endurance, just pushing myself to move my feet as fast as I can go, as long as I can go. Yeah. So it wasn't always that way. You know, it was just really in the last two, three years that I've really focused on that. Yeah. I've got a double pedal that I've absolutely run to the ground because it's so cheap. So for me. <laughs> what do you have? What do you have? What do you, what do you have? What do you have? Um, I don't even know what it's called, but it, it's probably, it would have cost like a hundred US dollars or something like that. And I got gotcha. it like four years ago. And yeah, if I was ever to do anything it. live, it's so unreliable that I would not be able to use it. So it's like after a few songs, I've got to tighten some bit on it or something like that. Hey, man, you know, I always tell people this, man, you know, as I've gotten older, I mean, we can go into various topics of things. And I'm just humbled that, you know, um, we all love the music. We love each other as people. Um, we don't know each other, but as Christian brothers, we have a love for each other as neighbors, even though you're thousands of miles from me. Um, and I always tell guys, look, man, whether you can play 100 BPMs or you can play 400 BPMs, I'm just grateful you're playing. Mm-hmm. You know, So no matter what kind of pal you're playing, no matter what kind of drums, I don't care how many cymbals are broken. I'm just grateful that you're playing. Yeah. That's the key. You know, That's what counts. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I'm the... I'm also kind of a Swiss Army Knife type person, except I don't do that in instruments that much. It's more like I'll like enjoy doing video and then like, right, I'm really loving this. And then I'll like really want to do like one of like three or four different things that are completely unrelated, but yeah. Sure, sure. And of course, there's now a podcast I'm doing. But yeah, so all from music into Christianity, how exactly did you become a Christian? And then from that, what's the story of like your faith then turning into what your faith is now, if that makes sense? 100% does it's a great question because we all have an answer for it yeah and it can either be really good or it can really be bad and what can be good bad to good back to bad back to good because a walk of faith is the most difficult way of living Mm -hmm. and I've got some years on you but it doesn't make me any better than you I just have more miles on my body and more experience in certain things and as you get older you will see what I mean as well Mm -hmm. Uh, whether you're married or eventually you get married have kids and just start a whole new realm of amazing things in your life that whatever God's will and whatever he blesses you to have or has you do because that's the key if you follow him when you really break down some of this Christian walk that's really the answer did you follow God Mm -hmm. you know did you follow God you know, I could go back. I'll give you an example. I'm married to a very wonderful, wonderful, beautiful woman. And I've been married to her for, we've been together for 10 years. I've been with her, married for her eight years. We have an amazing son. And 
man, I, I we're just looking at one facet relationships and people always say, oh, I wish I could meet somebody great, you know, and I always just end up with idiots. I like my, my buddy who's producing the second and Concord album. We were recording last night, uh, the first guitar tracks and the harmony tracks, which I can't wait to hear it, man. It's oh, this album's going to pummel people. I'm really excited about this album. It's three or four steps above the first album. And we were talking, he's not a Christian, you know, he knows there's a God, which is a good start. And he knows that I pray over, I pray over the recordings. I pray over, uh, I prayed over my drum room before we recorded. We had no problems. There's a lot of crazy stories because we got spiritually attacked from the first album, like majorly, man, like really crazy stuff. But we, we, I was asking him, you know, who, who'd you date X, Y, Z? And he was just telling me stories. And I was like, man, you and I could stay here for hours and tell the stories. But the, the key to the, the point of this that I'm saying is that a lot of times we are trying to control our own destiny and we're trying to create our own will versus understanding truly, God, what, what do you have for me? You know, what do you want for my life? And reading his word every day and he will divulge to us. And it, it's tough. It's like, man, like, God, I can't hear you. I don't understand it. I don't see it. But when you shut up, and you stop and you just get silent with him and you read his words. Sometimes he'll say some really amazing things to you, you know? And, you know, my walk kind of started from like, and my point to that is, is that I became a Christian when I was in 11th grade. Now, what that exactly meant, I didn't know. All I know was, is that I had a mother that was in a very bad marriage at the time. And she had my stepbrother. But the thing was that I did see and the highest relevance is that they became safe Christians. And dude, I'm going to tell you something. I used to visit them every summer when I was in, when I lived, I live in North Carolina. So I would go every summer to New York for a couple of weeks to see them. And I'm going to tell you something. I've never seen peace and harmony and love in the house that I've ever seen. They had strife and problems and arguments almost on divorce. They met Jesus and dude, like, the way they talk to each other, the way they pray, the way they worship. I'm like, what is this? I knew it wasn't a cult, but I knew it was something higher. It was something better, you know? So I just, you know, I, 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 I wasn't raised in a religious home. I didn't, I had a, a terribly abusive father physically and verbally. I grew up to be a very angry, nasty individual, especially even when I started Lust of Decay in the early 2000s. I was very, as a big guy, big, nasty, just had the chip on my shoulder, you know, and I was a Christian, but dude, I would have went to hell. I would have died. I would have went right to hell. I'm grateful that God didn't, he spared me because I wasn't walking a Christian lifestyle. Um, but in 11th grade, I just, you know, I said, Jesus, I need you. You know, I, I don't know exactly what this means, but I know that this is good. And it progressed through college. I started going to church. Um, I started the career that I just left uh, not too long ago. I was there for 21 years. I started there like my first year working there. I started really going every Sunday and just growing. Um, and again, I didn't have discipleship. I didn't have mentoring. I didn't have a father that was a believer. So you know how that is, man. It starts in a home. When you have family that really believes and they strive and they worship Jesus, and they pray together and they go to church together and they love people, you know, and they're not afraid to say Jesus is almighty name in front of people that impacts your life, you know? Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. This isn't to put the blame game on my father. I just, I just didn't grow up in the environment, you know? So uh, obviously, you know, drums is my passion. Um, God gave me 
I do know, I do know this. One of my callings is drumming. It's music for the ministry. I, I do know that. Um, he said it to me when I was reading his word. Again, reading his word is essential. Yes. Um, he gave me two hands. He gave me two feet to play drums. Period. And um, and it also has allowed me to do other things. But I was playing for uh, the church that I was at for a little while where I lived. Um, I played there for a long time. And that's a whole other story. Worship music at a church when you're a death mound drummer. Dude, <laughs> you are a narcissist. You are... You don't understand what it means to worship God when you're playing drums. You don't know what it means. You want to look good. You want to look flashy. Look what I can do. You know, that's a whole, and that's another hour of conversation. We hit, we're hitting a lot of facets of Christian, Christian, the Christian walk. But as I grew, my heart started to break more for Jesus and he started moving more in me. Um, I still had bondage. I still had things that I didn't let go of. Never alcoholic, never, you know, drugs, never did a drug in my life. Once in a while, I have a beer, but I, Jesus never said he can't drink. He yes. said, "Don't be a drunkard." Mm-hmm. That's where people. That's where people make it about religion. Christianity is not about religion. It is about Jesus Christ. It's about a relationship. So I don't want to get in my soapbox on that, but um, there's a lot of judgment there, you know. Yeah. But as I progressed, as I you know went through my twenties and lots of mistakes and growing up, you know, on and off dating people and making money and this and that, you know, you go through a lot of selfishness, you go through kind of a lot of trials in your twenties. And I do believe that, especially for a lot of males, but as I hit 30, it's kind of like the light switch went off. Um, that's like you know, 12 years ago, I started growing in faith. My tides became real. Um, my generosity increased. I started trying to pick the right person to date. You know, I was trying not to sleep out of wedlock. That was a tough one, man. You know, I grew up in a very, I never knew about sex education. I never knew, I, never, I didn't know the sexes between a husband and a wife. I grew up thinking pornography was, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid to talk about this stuff because I'm real, man. People yeah. need to hear about this stuff, you know? Everybody's so, oh, you can't talk about that. Yeah, you can. <laughs> but, yes. but as I started growing uh, in that, and once I met my wife, I was, uh, so what, we've been together for 10 years. So yes, so what, I was, I was 30, geez, 32. Give or take 32, 33. Um, you know, we we really, she's a Christian too, and we had a lot in common, and we knew, you know, we're not gonna live together before marriage, we're not gonna sleep together before marriage, we're not gonna do XYZ before marriage, because we knew we'd want a relationship last. That's when I knew I turned the corner, you know. My mouth got more peaceful. Um, I was more consistent with going to church, more consistent, trying to get reading. Reading was always kind of a, a tough one for me when I was younger, like just you know. You're a young single dude. Like I don't want to read God's word. That's boring. <laughs> you know. Um, now I make sure that I have to make it an essential part of my life every day. Mm. Um, and to where I am today, to where I'm actually doing a Christian death metal solo project that's all over the world now, which is really cool. I mean, look at you. We're talking right now, and you're three thousand miles away from me. Yeah. Um, and it's re- and it's humbling. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, there's lots of details of things I could fill in the gas, but that kind of gives you a little bit about kind of who I am, where I came from, where I started up until kind of like where I am now. You know? Yeah. Quite a very broad picture of things, but yeah, that that's a good answer to that. Well, there's not really a really bad answer except for like. If you said like three sentences, then be kind of like, well, 
but yeah I can relate to like showing up to church and mostly playing metal before that and just trying to figure out how you do things with worship as compared to metal because it's a completely different thing and now right right yeah how do you navigate through it absolutely yeah because at first um like with my dad he's a pastor and he does worship at church um sometimes so when we were first practicing before he was like right (laughs) make things a little bit less complicated or probably quite a bit less and just kind of like make everything simpler because that's kind of like what you really need to do for worship as compared to something like metal like I was just using a hand drum but there is now I'm kind of in a space where I can keep things simple enough but still like creatively go for it in a way that is glorifying to God and but yeah, at the start, it's like, well, this is something else completely. Well, and, and to add to kind of what you're saying too, and this, and again, this, like I said, the things that we're talking about are things that could be talked about for weeks because oh, there's so many, there's so many ins and outs of these conversations, and you can have conversations upon conversation, conversation about every little thing you just mentioned. And the one thing that people have to realize is, okay. What is going to hurt me? What is going to impact me? What is going to to hurt and break my fellowship with the Lord? Well, so let's hypothetically say we'll just use a guy that's addicted to pornography. Okay, that's a big topic. Yeah, guys, we people, girls, and guys that we go to church with are, are addicted to it, and they're embarrassed, and they, you know, but it's it's an addiction, like drug. It's a legitimate mental addiction. It's a dangerous, dangerous thing, man. You know, and I have some friends and stuff in medicine. They would laugh at what I'm saying, blah, blah, blah. But they respect me because they understand that I'm looking at, I want the best for people. Mm-hmm. But I will say, man, that, you know, it's kind of like a guy that started walking or a girl because girls are almost just as bad as guys are with. Yeah. Walking with, you know what I mean? I mean, if you look at the statistics, it's crazy. Why, yeah. And the worst, and you know what's crazy, Elijah? The worst part about it is, you know what the hot, you know what the biggest day for looking at pornography is? Sunday. Lord's Day. Going to church. Well, technically, the Sabbath is a Saturday, but going to the church, this the, the fellowship day of getting there and seeing people and learning, being fed by the pastor as you're eating for the week of God's word, Sunday. But it's kind of like taking a person that's addicted to pornography, and let's just say um, they they finally started overcoming it with the Lord, um, and that's a that's a tall order. It's not tall tall for God, but it's a tall order for them to fight through it with Jesus, and then say they. You know, they're on their iPhone and they, you know, they're looking past the sites they used to go to or whatever. And they just kind of start, well, what's new? And they don't look at it, but they're kind of seeing what's the pick of the week. And they know that if they hop on it, it's going to hurt their fellowship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, so my point is, it's like the music. What is going to hurt my fellowship with the Lord? Listening to this side? Absolutely. 100%. And you want to hear something crazy? Deicide was one of my most influential bands to me. Steve Shine were actually playing a show at the end of August with um, Cataclysm, Internal Bleeding, which is cool because those are my I'm from Long Island. Those are my Long Island brothers. And Deicide. Steve Sheen is my number one favorite metal drummer of all time. He is absolutely amazing. I don't follow his ideologies, obviously, yeah. but as a human, I love him as a human being and I respect mm-hmm. him as a person because that's Christian people. 
That's what we've got to do. Does it mean that I'm going to sit back with him and smoke pot and listen to music? And no, 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 no. That's that's not what I'm doing here. But is if if I'm making it an everyday thing to listen to the music, is it going to impact me negatively? Absolutely. I believe it's going to hurt. Um, it's going to what's the word uh, God uses? Um, oh, there's a word He uses that's really good. Uh, it, it's another word for hurt, but it's 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 very deep. Um, and you, you know the Holy Spirit. You don't want to hurt that 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 grieve. connection you have. Grieve, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's man. That's that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Like when Jesus says, "Weeping and gnashing of teeth, grieve." Like that's deep. That's what Jesus was like. Poetic with his words. Like grieve is a strong word. Like if you like say you're dating some girl and she made you mad, you're like you really grieved me today. It's like ooh. Man, did I really upset you that bad? You know what I mean? That's not like saying you really made me angry. It's like you really went three steps above saying you're angry at me. But um, you, you have to know what are my limits. Yeah. Um, a lot of these bands are making crazy, crazy videos. I mean, Dying Fetus. I love Dying Fetus. I mean, Dying, Trey Williams is an amazing drummer. Oh, my gosh. He's a Viking. He's scary on drums. Gallagher, Sean, all of them are amazing. I played multiple shows with those guys. Um, but they had a new a new, a new a, a video that came out. It was just a slash video, man. You know, guys, liver falling out and all this stuff. And I, I saw just a little piece of it, and I couldn't get it out of my head. And people laugh like, oh, dude, it's just it's fake. I understand that. But the problem is, is that we as Christian people become more sensitive to those things. So you know the Holy Spirit grieves. It's like you, you, you shouldn't be viewing that because it's going to hurt you internally. It's going to mess you up. It's going to mess you up with the way you think. And it's little snippets of things that could really mess your walk up with God as you go, you know? So no, I, I just wanted to, to state that because some people misinterpret what you said. Like, I can't, I'm a Christian. I can't listen to metal music. No, that's, yeah. that's not the case. Christ didn't say you can't listen to metal music. He never said, tell me one point in Jesus's word that he said, you cannot listen to metal music. <laughs> Nowhere. But there are things that he did say. You need to be very cognizant about what you're doing in your surroundings and how you're letting things come into your house that will affect your walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Christ, I don't think... He talks about music ever, but you do get the psalms, which reflect a lot of metal in the sense that they're much more sorrowful and desperate than a lot of modern Christian music is. And sure. you get a lot of bands like For Today, which I think they've definitely brought me closer to God than a lot of Hillsong and other stuff that people would list as sure worship sure i agree and also people look at a title like death metal and they think that that means that a genre is all bad when really it's just the title of a genre it doesn't define whether or not it's used for good or bad just like yeah genre can be it's a lack of education. Yeah. People people make assumptions because of a lack of education. Mm-hmm. I've been questioned before. Uh, Christians and non-Christians. 
well, how do you play with loss to decay? How do you explain that? I'd say, well, okay, that's a really good question. Yeah, I'm very calm with how I approach people. Um, ask anybody, any of my friends, any of the guys that I've been on stage with or shared recording with, or you know, I've had my imperfect moments, but as I've got older, they, they know that I'm very patient and I try to answer questions and be very honest about how, how we approach and talk about things. Um, and people ask me, well, you know, well, how do you, I had, I got accused by a fellow guy that was on the label. He got, he got uh, ousted off the label because he was being terrible to people on the label. He was a Christian dude, you know, and he's questioning me. I'm like, okay, dude, you're judging me. And then, you know, he came back with the, oh, about judging you, God does that. Stop. You're judging me because you're saying that well, you're a Christian. So why are you playing in this other band? That's not talking about the Lord. I said, okay, number one. I'm not an idiot. Number two, what I surround myself with terrible, horrible people. Number three, what's the deeper root to why I'm doing it? Okay. Yeah. Lust of Decay has a big following. Okay. We've been around since they were mind kill. So we're talking mid nineties, dude. Yeah. I joined Lust of Decay in 2000, I think. Yeah. 2000, 2001. So we're going on 20 years. Now I left the band for a while, but we put out three albums together. Those songs are actually about, we don't glorify, but Jay does all the writing. It's all about actual stories you see in the paper. That's actually real crazy, like really macabre accounts. Mm -hmm. So it's not him making up something crazy or bashing God or talking about destroying women and babies and all that disgusting stuff, which yeah. absolutely disgusts me. No, he's talking about, he's singing about virtually taking the news that you're reading and putting it into the song. I don't have a problem with that because yeah. it's news. It's it's what actually happened. You know, but Jay just has his own way of writing it. The music is a lot of fun, but here's the thing. If I'm a, a positive influence and good with them, who's to say that they open up their, their hearts? I spoke to my singer more about God in the last couple of years than I ever have with him being in the band when I was originally in the band. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm at shows, People are like, your drummer's a Christian. They're like, my singer's like, yeah. Wow. He'd hang out with us. Like, yeah. You know, because that's the whole point of doing it is to be around people that are lost. It's to be around people that maybe that just, maybe they just don't know. You know, um, today I, I went to grab a quick bite with the family at the church. And it was really cool. Like, dude, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy how God works. And a guy walked in with his wife and his two kids and his wife had a death leopard shirt on and he had a King Diamond shirt on. You obviously know what King Diamond's about. He had the pen. You familiar with King Diamond? Not really. Cause I don't okay. really know much classic rock stuff except for like the okay. really big stuff. Okay. So King Diamond's has been around for a long time. He's a very uber talented vocalist. Yeah. Um, can like yeah, sing real high and do all these yeah. crazy vocal things. And he's he's legendary, you know, when it comes to being a vocalist. Um, his band has always been amazing. Andy LaRoque, he's been on death. I'm sure you heard of death. Yeah. Andy LaRoque has been around, he's been on multiple albums and produces, and he was with King Diamond since the beginning of King Diamond. Well, King Diamond is a professed Satanist. He, you know, he does, you know, he. He is part of Anton LaVey's Church of Satan, whatever you want to call it. The guy had a shirt on, he had a pentagram, had the pentagram on the shirt. And I just, man, my son and I, before we left, I just 
it's just kind of crazy how God works, but it popped in my head. Something told me I always carry around a couple of these I... in my on me. I always carry a couple of those on me, and I saw him, and I was like, hey, man, I um, don't want to bug you, but um, you like metal. I see you have a King Diamond strap. I was like, yeah. I said, well, man, this is my project. If you'd like to check it out, I'd love to check it out. Okay, number one, guy didn't know me from Adam. Number two, I approached him humbly. You know, didn't want to bother him, but it's, I just we connected on a level of music, right? There you go. He's probably my age in his 40s. So I know where he's coming from with the classic metal stuff. And to offer him a disc that has life-changing potential lyrics in it. Dude, if you if you look at this album, dude, the chance song number four, that's got God's the God, you know, the Jesus prayer in there, the salvation prayers in that song, if you read the lyrics. So like my hope is that. You meet people in the scene. Well, shake a hand. How you doing? Nice to meet you. What do you? What else do you play? Well, let me tell you about my Christian metal. Oh, I hate Christian. I, I hate Christian. Really? Why is that? Well, because I hate religion. Ah, I hate religion too, and I'm a Christian. Really? Yeah, yeah I hate religion. Mm-hmm. Religion is dangerous. Christianity is not. Christ is. It's a relationship, and I can give them a disc. And hey, dude, they might take it and throw it in the garbage, and they go home. I hope they don't. Because I'll always tell somebody, do me a favor. If you don't like it, just hand it to somebody else. Just give it to somebody else as a gift, you know? But at least I was able to make a touch with somebody who doesn't know the Lord. Because you never know, man. What did Jesus say in his word about the sheep? Not the 99. It's the one. Mm -hmm. So it's after the one. So we have to look for the one, man. You know, we're not going to save everybody. But if we can get the one... I believe the angels rejoice in heaven over that. Yeah, it's great. So with your projects in concert, no, in Concord, where did that come from? Like kind of what's that all about and what's the story behind that happening? Sure. Um, excuse my eyes. I'm sorry. My eyes are so freaking dry. This weather's <laughs> up and down. Cold, cool one day, hot one day. Um, but basically in Concord, um, I walked away from the metal scene for about five years. I still play drums for my church. I never stopped drumming. Drumming's in my DNA, but I stopped playing death metal for about uh, a little over five years. And um, I'm real big into jujitsu, into grappling, you know. And um, at the time, I got really injured. I I tore my abdominal wall really bad. It was like one of the most painful injuries I've ever had. So all I could really do was I can go upstairs to my gym and do some cardio just to keep myself in shape and. And I would just come downstairs and stretch, you know, read God's word while I was doing it. And it's, I, it was, I, I wish I had the, the, the passage and I, it was a very defining moment, but God spoke to me. And it might've been talking about your talents that I've given you, but he said, Jordan, it said to me, just, just get back on your kid, mm-hmm. get back on the music, start doing, start doing the work and I'll guide you through it. I'll, I'll, I'll bless you. Like that's, that's how I felt when I read his word, like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And dude, it wasn't a day later. I dusted off the gear. I brought it downstairs and I started practicing. This is over. So was it 2021, 1920? Yeah, beginning of, uh, yeah, it was the beginning of 19, I think. So I had muscle memory. It took me a good solid couple months to get my feet chops back up and still took a while, man, because I altered some gear and did some different things. But, um, 
just started grinding, dude. Like I'm a really hard worker when it comes to my, my wife will tell you, like, she's like, you become obsessed. Like I become very militant with it. I treat, I treat it like it's a sport, you know? Yeah. Um, and just started grinding and practicing playing and started writing guitar. But cause I, I believed in my heart that God told me, Hey, and then I found Dwayne from vision of God. And the crazy thing was I reached out to him. I, re- I reached out to Dwayne. Um, way before that and go figure the day that I reached out to him was on his birthday, which is the same day as my son. It's just kind of crazy how like, it's just uncanny how that all worked out. And we started getting very acquainted. He really, he took some time to make sure that I was the right guy to put on a label. He wanted to see my faith. He wanted to see my heart, you know? Yeah. And finally he signed me on Christian metal underground, um, which is the sub-label of Vision of God, which is the same thing as Vision of God. He just, he'll do a smaller pressing to start just to see how the band grows because yeah. you don't want to sign a new band and press 400 copies of something yeah. and you sell five. Like that's not, not good financially. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a ministry, man. It can, it can hurt you if you're not careful, but he, we, the first album did very well. Um, yeah. And not, I don't say that like, oh, I made a bunch of money. It, <laughs> it, thankfully it helped recoup recording costs and, um, Help me to save up a little bit to be able to buy new equipment for the next album and stuff that's going on, which is really awesome. Um, and he signed me, uh, he put me on Vision of God. He bought me up to the main label, which is such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and wants to put me on like a six or seven album contract now, which is mind blowing. Um, and basically, the music, man, it's it's all gospel inspired. It's out of God's word, one hundred percent. Nothing is me making up stuff. Like I'll write certain lyrical content, but it's the fit, the context of God's word, nothing outside of God's word. And if you read the lyrics in the first album, there's all of God's passages on the album. What verses I got what from. So you can correlate and go back and check it. Same thing with the next album. So it's gospel centered, which is number one. Um, And it's black and death metal. Um, I'm very inspired by black metal. I've always loved black metal. I've always loved the, the, especially the European black metal bands, so many great bands from whether it's Sweden, Norway, Scotland, uh, you name it, man. There's so yeah. many amazing bands from all over the country um, that I've got to hear and just grab certain things from. But, you know, especially like Mort Grinning, Kvist, um, Dark Funeral, um, you know, uh, then you get like Septic Flesh, Death Metal, you get like uh, Depressy, these are some bands you might not have heard of, but if you haven't checked them out, because they're very unique, I consider myself very unique as a person in general. People always say you either love Jordan, you hate him. It's true. Because <laughs> um, I'm zero or 100 miles an hour. My music is that way, man. It's it's unique. There's not a lot of Christian bands. And, and I'm not, please don't take this as me being uh, cocky or condescending. There's not a lot of a lot Christian metal bands that play the genre that I'm playing. Yeah, and I, I just I know that for a fact. I've spoke to many musicians, but dude, it's unique. It's innovative. It's something cool. It's a fresh breath air, uh, a breath of fresh air. Should I say? There's a lot of bands in there, either like really brutal death metal or like <laughs> a really awesome like symphonic black metal. Oh, I... You know, or like a thrash band. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in Concord, in Concord is um, black and death metal with some atmosphere. Yeah, some melody, um, and this second album. When you hear it, dude, it's even my producer last night said, dude, this album is going to crush like mm-hmm. the music. God, like, dude, I got done with the first album and I already started writing 
music. I had music written within months, almost for the full length. Like I was already pre-producing drum tracks, practicing my drums in my room, getting everything together. It was wild. And God just like, dude, I would sit down and start playing and riffs were just spouting out. And all of a sudden song after song after song would come. And I tell people, that's all God, man. That's me being obedient and trying to be focused on doing what he wants me to do and giving you guys enjoyable music, you know, good music, not stuff that's just crap and thrown together. You know, I want yeah. you guys to hear it and go, this guy's taking time to really write this music yeah. and put out a good product. Cause I want you guys to get the gospel message out of it, but I also want you to enjoy listening to it too. That's important. You know what I, mean? I just don't want something slapped together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of a little bit about what I'm doing. Yeah, that's great. It definitely is a breath of fresh air. One, because you don't hear many bands that you can tell that the drums are all recorded and not programmed. You get a lot of bands right. where they're sampled, which is fair enough if you're like a really well-produced band because sure. you just can't get that sound without that. But I really like the sound and especially just the way that the drums and the guitars complement each other. Thank you. Works really good. Yeah, the first the first album had more of a more a little bit more raw sound. Um, there was very little editing done on that album. Uh, yeah. I'll be very honest with you. I think I counted, I think there were like 13, 14 drum edits. Like little, like I might have been like, you know, like my feet got dumb for a second and yeah. he, you know, fixed it on fixed it on his cubase, you know. And I dare anybody to say, oh, I don't do that. Yeah, you do. You know what the you know what the you know what the, you know what, you know what the de definition of a liar is? Liar. That's what it is. A person that does not tell the truth. All drummers somehow, some way, edit something that they're doing, yeah. or they play it fifty times before it's perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nobody's got that money unless you're signed to freaking Sony. Um, so, um, but I will say, yeah, you're right. It, the album was a little bit more raw. It was it was a well well enough yes. produced album. Um. Guitars were recorded out of my Line 6 Pi. We didn't use a live amp. My drums were on my old D-drum kit. The mini kit is a really nice kit. Um, Zildjian cymbals. I had good gear. Um, this album, though, bro, the drums, it's recorded on my new Tama kit. Um, it's recorded on all Peisty cymbals. I switched over to Peisty now for, for good. Tama, I used all Aquarian drum heads, um, reflector series. like, And you'll tell... When you hear you're gonna go, oh yeah, I can hear the difference. Yeah. The, the pop, the clarity, the, the the drums actually sound musical, like boom, 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 boom. Like they actually yeah. have like if you ever the the drummer Terry Bozio, he's been around for a thousand years, but the guy's an amazing drummer and he, he's always known for his giant drum sets, like hundred cymbals, <laughs> fifty million toms, and he always had the coolest sounding bing, 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 like it almost sounded like a xylophone his toms. Mm. I wanted musical drums. Um, we actually are recording our real live amps this time, which is right. really cool. Um, you know, when I do these uh, solo kind of harmony parts, um, we adjust the line six pedal to give it more of a little bit more of a shrill sound. So it's not as heavy as the rhythm section would be. So it really pops. There's more technique going into the album. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for you guys to hear the second album, dude. It's, I'm telling you, I really am. Yeah, I'm quite excited too. With the wee, thank you. You posted a wee snippet like today, I think, and I took a look at it, and it was pretty cool. And 
I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it was uh, track eight. That was a uh, that was a little snippet of track eight. Um, you know, and that that's with you know the the the, the triggers not sounding or the drum sounded like poop. You know, he just we just kind of gave you guys just kind of something to hear of what was going on. But uh, we wanted to use a different bass drum sound for the sound, so he's going to sound replace it with a really good sound. When it comes to editing and stuff like that, you're going to try to not quantize the bass drum as, as little as possible because when you're doing this stuff. Everything does have to line up on a grid, right? On the computer. Right. Yeah. You know, when you when you have a click track, you know, you guys are listening to it, things have got to line up, things have got to be right on time. This way things are grouped together properly when you're recording guitars, bass, vocals, everything like that. So we try to not doctor stuff like the snare, the tom, everything's all real solos. You're not hearing something else. Oh, go ahead and uh, go ahead and make up this drum section and put it in there. <laughs> you know, it's all done by me. One hundred percent it's all done by me. Um, you know, so we're we're doing things a little different on the sound, but it's definitely for the better of the production. Oh, I, yeah. So with music, how did you get into metal specifically? Because that's quite a niche compared to most other genres. Small world. Metal man, I've been listening to since I was. So let's see, what did MTV start in nineteen eighty? So. <laughs> I think 1980, yeah, 1980s when it started, I was like, I was one. So I'd sit on the floor and watch Ozzy. And I and people know with people that know me, I always rock. Even at church, when I'm like in church, I'm like, see how I kind of doing this. I try to keep it under control, but it helps me focus. Yeah. But like, because I'm just hyper. But like when I was a kid, I'd be on the floor, always rocking Judas Priest, Ozzy Osbourne, you know. Uh, in the mid '80s, I started listening to you know a Judas Priest really uh, got me and Ozzy Osbourne. I really started getting into it. Rush, um, the classics, you know, um, Metallica. As I got more towards like, um, yeah, more towards the late '80s, '87, '88, um, I started listening to Metallica, Megadeth, you know, and just started, you know, as I got into junior high, then I heard about Cannibal Corpse, you know, and Napalm Death, you know, all the classics, you know. Um, I used to, you know, like, you know, like Roadrunner would put out like a, a compilation. So you would yeah. hear, or like Nuclear Blast used to put out great compilations, man. And this is a long time ago, man. So like they would put out like old school death metal bands like Meshuggah and Conqueror and all these awesome bands. And I'd, I'd go through it, I'd be like, you know, or ill-disposed. I'm like, oh, I love that band. I love that band. I want to get that disc. You know, so it listening to a lot of different compilations really opened my eyes to a lot of cool metal bands too. So it expanded my knowledge. Um, so I, like I said, it was it was it really started for me being a baby. Yeah. Um, listening to just the heavier music. And then um I uh, met a pen pal, and it was nothing more than a pen pal. She's a really cool girl. Her name's Tammy Dillon. Um and she's a, just a, just a really cool girl, man. And she, you know, this is back before even internet, really. It was just computers and you had maybe email and, you know, computers to, to key up stuff. But, you know, back in the day, when you look at like death metal magazines, you know, there'd be like a part where you could see like ads and stuff or someone's looking for a drummer and things like that. Well, she was like, hey, I'm an avid metalhead out of Illinois. And I'm just looking to meet some cool people that like minds that like metal. And I wrote her, I'm like, she listed all these cool bands like, you know, uh, Flesh Grind and Gorgasm and uh, Arctic Serenade. Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, trying to think of these names. 
it, it, it goes it, it, Asmodeus and uh, I'm sorry, my mind slipped. But she listed like ten or like ten bands. And like you know, I was a young guy. I was like, dude, this sounds cool, you know. So I wrote her. She, she was awesome, man. She sent a picture. Hey, this is me. And she was holding up a bunch of this. And she sent me a tape, man. It had a mix of all kinds of cool bands, man. I'll never forget that. I still am friends with her on Facebook, and I I thanked her, and that made her day. I'm like, you know, you really helped to open my eyes mm-hmm. to an amazing world of metal that I really didn't know existed. You know, an old friend of mine, Trent McCall, he used to live here in North Carolina. He opened my eyes to Cataclysm more of these awesome bands. This is back when Cataclysm was hardcore death hyper grind, dude. This isn't the polished crap you hear now. Their music is awesome now, but it's way different, man. Yeah, You look at like Mystical Gates and all the old albums from them, bro. Like that is hyper grind, old school, crazy vocals. And um, just some certain people that came into my life really opened my mind and my eyes to just different facets of metal. And as I got older, I started digging deeper. And um, Trent was another one that opened my eyes to uh, more black metal bands, you know, and just, who's this? What's this crazy name, you know, being (laughs) German or being... Swedish or Norwegian or whatever it may be, Finland, you know, a lot of amazing bands, a lot of amazing bands for Finland. You know what I mean? Yeah. Finland, dude, Finland, I don't know what it is about Finland. (laughs) Some of the best freaking metal bands come out of Finland, hands down. We got Wolfheart and all these other, I think Wolfheart's in there. Um, They're one of my faves, man. Like so many amazing bands out of there. So, yeah, like you see the progression. It started, you know, it started with classic metal, like any other metalhead. That's what they were exposed to. And as I got older, it just got deeper and deeper and deeper. And a lot of the music was dark, you know. Yeah. But I, I look at it now, uh, no regrets because um, it 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 helped me to grow and inspire me to be the musician that I am today. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I think for a lot of people it's kind of like gradually progressing for me kind of what happened was you've probably heard of striper they were like the yeah. heaviest band that i'd heard when i was like 11 and then Classic, was, man. yes they are and then i was asking friends if they know anything heavier than heavy metal and they were like oh there's this thing called death metal which is absolutely terrible but it exists so absolute garbage don't listen to it yeah so one day when i was bored i looked up christian death metal bands and for some reason for today was on the list but there was also stuff like living sacrifice mortification oh man all the living sacrifice mortification i mean we're talking classics dude i mean i love living sacrifice their album inhabit dude that's a freaking heavy album i'm friends with a couple of them on facebook and i'll send the drummer a message i'm like dude you're drumming on that album i still go back today listen to that album i'm like dude when he went in the studio brother he was on fire mm. like he was on fire listen to that album i will hear be. how intense it is inhabit right yeah it's uh i mean they have a lot of albums but that album oh my that was like like really hardcore like the thing that's cool about them is that every album has got a little bit of a different kind of twist to it they do oh, yeah they change it up a lot you know what i mean yeah I every do. album kind of yeah like 
and, and sometimes I like it and sometimes I don't, depending on the band. But like with them, they said, you know what? It's our album. We're going to just use what we're dealing with today and what we're influenced by, but inhabit. That was like, in my opinion, that was like their Injustice for All album. Like that was the heavy, brutal in your face, screw you, devil. Like I'm coming at, like that was, <laughs> yeah. that was what they did on that album, you know? You'll have to check that one out because I haven't heard that because it's not on streaming services, but it's probably kicking around on YouTube somewhere. Blending that, but still having a lot of the death and thrash metal stuff. And, absolutely oh, they need to put out a new album because they haven't done one in eight years but they're still going so and that's a tough thing dude you know yeah uh, it's funny you know i got home from recording you know guitar yesterday and bro it was a grueling i mean it was a good day but it was a yeah. grueling day it was it was a busy day i got up early worked out got ready gear packed went to my buddy's house he's about 35 minutes away it's not too bad of a haul and it's nice it's kind of out there it's kind of quiet you know but we literally got there. I was there at 11. We got set up. Thankfully, he's a hard worker. He had the amp already prepared the night before with the mic settings. What we need. Hey, he's right. like a really cool ribbon of the mic and a 58. And it just gives us a really cool edgy sound that we needed. But he already had it already dialed in. Mm -hmm. He spent hours on that the night before. So we didn't have to mess with that in studio time. Um, and dude, by the time we started, it was a few minutes before 12. Brother, let me tell you something. I didn't get done. I mean, and this is still, you know, this is fast people like you're rushing it but i just happened to be on fire yesterday we were done recording we went from pretty much 12 we took maybe a 35 40 minute quick lunch break yeah and then we went back at him brother we were going to 9 30 10 o'clock so it was non-stop so my point is metal is grueling true it's yeah. physical and, you know, and I always tell young guys, enjoy it because you're going to get older. You know, <laughs> you got to keep up with yourself. You have to eat decent. You have to work out. Mm, yeah. You got to, if you drink, you need to have a couple. Stop drinking tan and just have a couple. You know, you got to take care of your body, man. Because, dude, I'm going to tell you something. God gives us each day we, each day we grow. We're one day older, to, one day closer to our, you know, our passion physically. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's such a physical thing playing music yeah. that, Sometimes, man, when you get married, you have children and you work and everything's going on, trying to coordinate with four to five other dudes is not an easy thing to do sometimes writing right. music, especially if y'all live, you know, especially if y'all live far apart from each other. You know what I mean? There's a lot of moving pieces in a death metal band. There really is. Boy. Yeah. It'd be great if they could, but I do understand that's probably really difficult for them to do something sure. like that. Yeah, it is pretty physical, especially if you're the vocalist or the drummer of a band, just because both of those are probably the most ridiculously physical things you can do. Absolutely. And across all genres, being a death metal vocalist or drummer is probably the most, there's probably like slight, there's maybe a few things in really weird niches that I don't know about that do rival it. Right. Well, think about something, man. Death metal drummers and all my buddies, you know, I have many of uh, many of the amazing death metal drummer friends mm -hmm. from all different styles. And they'll all tell you, 
you've got to practice, dude. Yeah. You've got to practice. And I practice at least minimum five days a week, minimum. Yeah. So like tomorrow I'll work out and then my wife will go to work, take little man to summer camp. And I will go right upstairs the crack of dawn and I'll be practicing music, you know, now what that may look like, it may be okay for 45 minutes. I'm going to practice a cocker material, which I do a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm, already, I'm already, I already have two and a half songs written for the third album already. So I'm already working on the third album and we ain't even done with the second guitar tracks for the second. So it's working on that where I'm going to say, you know what? Okay. I played hard yesterday. Today's going to be a metronome day. I'll, I'll set my click at 200 BPM or yeah. 210 and I'm going to work on my feet. I'm going to work on my hand coordination and I'll do that for maybe 20. Okay, babe. Maybe 20, uh, 20, 30 minutes. Um, and then I might say, okay, the next day, maybe I played really hard for two days in a row. I'll give my body a rest. And Wednesday, I said, I'm not going to jam. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday's my big jam day, you know. Oh, I um, Yeah, but Thursday, Friday, I'll go, I'm like I said, minimum for death metal drummers to really keep up their chops four to five times a week. Yeah. Minimum. To be good. Mm-hmm. You can practice twice a week and be okay. Yeah. Last time I checked, most death metal drummers have a little bit of narcissism in there. <laughs> and I say that being funny because they want to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. They want to get up there. We want to entertain each other. We want to have fun. Oh, you know, we yeah. want to go nuts. So, yes, you are right. Vocalists have it rough because that's a lot that goes into that. Just a, just doing it for 40 minutes straight, an hour oh, straight. I... But drummers, man, dude, you're, you're moving four body parts on average of 160 to 250 BPM with these songs, and you're going from 30 minutes to an hour long. And you're not really having much break between, unless it's between songs to get a sip of water and to go to the next song. So yes, yeah. it's, an, it's freaking intense, man. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast a wee while back, and he was pointing out that when he was going to play in a deathcore band, which I would argue is slightly less demanding than death metal, but he was saying that he really had to consider if he wanted to put his body through doing extreme metal again. And it hadn't quite clicked before that to really go hard with something like that. It takes that much. But yeah, sure. it's like I would love to do that. And it's just something that I've got to practice that for sure. Well, you look at my... um a couple of buddies of mine, I'm, I get, I know, I give some notice, uh, some shout outs here. My buddy, Robin Stone, he's from Australia. Check him out, dude. Robin Stone. Okay. Unbelievable drummer. That's what he does full time, dude. Drums. Yeah. And he's a, he's a trip. He's a dad. He's got kids. He just makes funny videos with his kids. And he's just a cool dude, man. He's funny. Right. He'll like be jamming some brutal death metal song. <laughs> he's got a gingerbread dancing. Like when he's playing, he's just, he's just a cool dude. And, um, uh, I really have a lot of respect for him. Number one, he's all the time on it. He's always doing right. it. And, but you know what he did is that he said, okay, as I was drumming, I started getting hit up by these ex- really extreme metal bands. Mm-hmm. Now, dude, these dudes are doing 220, 250 plus BPM. That's flying. Oh, I. So he said, I had to come up with another technique. So, you know, he has a, you know, doubles each side but then it sounds like right he has this crazy um this technique where his toe like slides 
So he does, it's like, boom, boom. It's like, boom, boom. As yeah. he goes back, it, it slides, but he does it with both feet. It's the craziest thing mm, I've ever seen. Yeah. Then you got like my buddy Renee Martinez out of Texas. He's with uh, um, uh, a band called Stabbed um, and another death metal band. And dude, he does just, I think he does um, the the basic doubles. And, and this guy is like, his drumming has just increased. He's found a way to do double bass faster. My buddy, Josh Nashville Ward, he's one of the best death metal drummers in North Carolina where I live. He's a really amazing man and just a good person and an amazing drummer. Um, and, uh, he's with Zale. They're actually a big label. He's with, uh, you know, who the band members are for him freaking uh, Brad from Nile and, uh, um, uh, uh, my buddy, um, oh my gosh, I think of Brian, I can't, I can never, I'm terrible with names, but he's got been members from Nile and other local people playing with this dude. And he's having to put out some really fast music. Dude, we're talking 270, 300 BPM. So. He's like me. He does single note 16s. He did them for years. Once he started getting really high, he actually avulsed his hamstring from so much abuse to his legs from playing. So my point is, you know what he had to do? He had to find another way to do it. Right. I said, okay, I hurt myself. I don't want to hurt myself again. Point is, you have to let your body figure out a way to do another method of playing. So if a guy has to blast faster, he might not be able to use the wrist anymore. He might have to start doing fingers. Yeah, you know what I mean. It 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 can go all over the place with these guys. So my point is, is that you might as you get older, the things that you did when you were younger, you have to find another way to play them. Sometimes that's a lot yeah, of guys yeah. I've spoken to. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like learning a new technique is kind of like learning to do metal vocals because that's so unnatural that it takes a while for it to just click as to how you do it. Um, <laughs> just like when I've tried to learn doubles and failed, but I've learned to do like gravity blasting and that just takes so much of just. That's cool, practicing. man. At some, I really don't do. I think it's an awesome technique. Oh, I, I was never one to get into it. I never really <laughs> tried doing it because yeah. We all have, but I think it's an amazing technique. I mean, you look at John Longstreet, man. I mean, do I need to say more about him from Origin? That dude's one of the best freaking gravity blasters I've seen. I mean, he's 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 a beast on it, man. It's a cool technique. So congratulations for figuring out a cool technique. Thank you. Yeah, like whenever you hear someone like really using that to their full potential, it's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like when you figure out that someone's doing that all with one hand, it's like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you're right. With doubles, I haven't heard like loads of bands do stuff. I would have to do that, but there's like broken flesh and crimson moonlight. There's probably loads of others I've heard, but those are the ones that really stick out because I've listened to them the most. And like you hear in some of the songs, just the ridiculous speed that they're going at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nope, I agree. It takes a lot of technique, I'm guessing, to nail that. Especially like with Crimson Moonlight and stuff like that. Just the amount of constant blast beats. And then yeah, yeah. there's a band called Archspire, 
Wait. Oh, they're 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 freaks. Yeah, they, yeah, they're good. Whenever I'm like away from home and I need to get back quickly, I just put that on because you got like your maximum potential with that stuff on. So it is absolutely banging. But you listen to their drummer, and he's just an absolute machine. <laughs> Especially when yeah. you see, like, when you see him recording the stuff and that he's doing a lot of the blast beats with one hand without doing gravity blasts art spire i'm trying to remember who their drummer was because you have a lot of these hyper drummers man right. like um the guy some of the guys that have played in rings of saturn which those guys get so much grief all the time and i'm just like guys let's yeah. just not be mad let's just not be nasty to each other mm -hmm. but that's another topic but you know you got uh oh my gosh what is his name I just watched some of these dudes' videos the other day. I, like I said, I'm so terrible with names. Um, Mike Caputo, right? He's played at Rings. Mike Caputo is really freaking good. I look forward to meeting him in person. He's actually touring with Internal Bleeding. He's their tour drummer. I think he lives in Long Island, so I think that's why they're uh, he's helping him out, which is really cool because he's a really good drummer, young dude, and just practices. Man, the dude right. puts the time in. You know. Um, but yeah, there's a couple other guys, dude, that are just that, that have done some rigs, rings of Saturn stuff, and uh, that are just some of the, these new age hybrid drummers. And these boys are bad, man. Just God given talents. So some of these dudes, they don't even understand that. Like they just know they're good. They don't understand that God has given them the ability to use the talent to really honor Him in the right way. Unfortunately, some don't get to see that. Yeah, man. There's so many things. There's so many different drummers that are just ridiculous that I'm thinking about. Um, should probably wrap this up soon. We've gone for a bit over an hour, but it's been really good and really enjoy talking about metal and stuff and also sure faith stuff. Anytime. But Anytime. Yeah. I um I just wanted to say thank you, man. I'm humbled Welcome. that you took the time out of your life. I don't uh I don't take for granted anybody's time. I always enjoy talking to other like-minded people that just love heavy music. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, just, you know, in Concord, um, like I said, I'll be going, I'm hopefully trying to schedule some more time in the next couple of weeks to finish up the guitars and bass and then to follow um, working on the fourth song for lyrics and then hopefully vocals to come a month or so after. And then hopefully by the end of the year, the second album will be out. And then uh, that's just a little bit of a, just a little kind of, some dating as to what's going on with that and you know i'll keep you guys in tune with more things but again buddy thank you for your time and thanks for being welcome it's been great having you and i'll be looking forward to your next album all right buddy have a good night yeah see you blessings bye bud thank you folks for listening hope you guys enjoyed it and yeah i certainly did just talking to another drummer who's into death metal and all that stuff was great. But there was also a lot of really good faith stuff in there. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And can't wait to do the next one.